Hold on to your rainbows and join me, Lizzie Lesbiana, for a weekly dose of LGBTQ news, talk, and entertainment. I'll be interviewing artists, activists, bosses, entrepreneurs, creators, and other movers and shakers in our community. Remember, if it sounds gay, you know I'm in. (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to The People's Lesbian. It's your girl, Liz, a.k.a. Lizzie Lesbiana, and I'm back with another episode for you all. For this week's episode, it's going to be the first segment of my Community Corner. So basically, Community Corner is all about LGBTQ plus members and our personal stories centering around our identities and sexualities. In this episode, I interviewed two community members, Aiden and Chase, and we spoke about their experiences as being Black trans men. So before I get into the interview with Chase and Aiden, I did want to go over what does it mean to be transgender? For this definition, the resource I wanted to use today was from transequality.org. And I'm in their frequently asked questions section. So I'm going to just read the paragraph where it says, what does it mean to be transgender? Of course, like anything else with the other resources, if you'd like to go on and learn more yourself or do a bit more research, the website is transequality.org. So the paragraph starts, transgender people are people whose gender identity is different from the gender that they were thought to be at birth. Trans is often used as a shorthand for transgender. When we're born, a doctor usually says that we're male or female based on what our bodies look like. Most people who are labeled male at birth turn out to actually identify as men, and most people who are labeled female at birth grow up to be a woman. But some people's gender identity, their innate knowledge of who they are, is different from what was initially expected when they were born. Most of these people describe themselves as transgender. A transgender woman lives as a woman today, but was thought to be a male when she was born. A transgender man lives as a man today, but was thought to be female when he was born. Some transgender people identify as neither male nor female, or as a combination of male and female. Um, There are a variety of terms that people who aren't entirely male or entirely female use to describe their gender identity, like non-binary or genderqueer. Everyone, transgender or not, has a gender identity. Most people never think about their gender identity because it matches their sex at birth. Being transgender means different things to different people. Like a lot of other aspects of who people are, like race or religion, there's no one way to be transgender and no one way for transgender people to look or feel about themselves. The best way to understand what being transgender is, is to talk with transgender people and listen to their stories. So that was from, like I said, from transequality.org. So definitely check it out. So now... I'm going to go into the interview portion with Aiden and Chase. Um, There is definitely some language used here. So if you are a little sensitive to the ears, this may not be for you. 
Um, but if you're not and you're about it, then let's just uh, just keep just keep listening and and thanks for joining us this week. Okay, so Aiden and Chase, thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, before we start and before I get into the questions, I both I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourselves to us. So whoever would like to go first can and just let us know a little bit about you. All right. So my name is uh, Aiden Rose. I uh, am a black trans man from Los Angeles, California. Uh, he, him pronouns. I'm 27 years old. Um, I, uh, I worked as a teacher before I started uh, kind of getting into the advocacy work, but now I'm in the process of uh, starting a podcast called Humanizing the Trans Experience. It really just kind of talks about the violence that trans people face on a regular basis, uh, centered around the violence that trans women face, but speaking on the entire trans community's experience, we're not, we have not launched as of now, it's only February, but the Instagram is just humanizing the trans experience, all one word. And then the uh, Twitter page is humanize T folks, F-O-L-X, all one word. Well, what's up, everybody? Thank you, Liz, for having us on your segment today. Uh, my name is Chase Ives. Also, you can call me Chase Desi. You can find me on Twitter, IG, at Chase Desi or Chase Dives. And I am the host and creator of Taking the Tea Out of It, which is a podcast. And that's basically where we are literally taking the tea out of the LGBT and uh, taking trans out of men and women. So, yeah, you can find us there and join the conversation and you can learn and start doing the work with us. Great. Thank you so much. So I know that you both kind of, you know, went into this, but the first question I do have for you is how, how do you identify? So, um, Aiden here. I identify as a black pansexual trans man. Um, just to kind of like break down what that means. Uh, pansexual is uh, my sexual orientation, not my gender identity. And it essentially means I'm attracted to people regardless of their gender identity or gender expression. I'm just attracted to people for who they are. Um, and uh, I'm a black trans man. I was assigned female at birth, and I have since socially and medically transitioned to, uh, to for my, my body and my identity to match how I feel on the inside, externally. And this is Chase speaking. Uh, I myself, just like Aiden, I am a black trans man, and... Uh, my sexual orientation, I'll say I am pan-romantic. Uh, the reason I say that is because I have a, I have a attraction to all beings. And um, I'd say pan-romantic because uh, my romantic attraction is more like the relationship. And just like I can go on dates with my friends and have a, that strong romantic connection with no desire to do things sexually. Um, so panoramatic here. <laughs> 
Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And thank you for definitely breaking it down for um, some of my guests. I, I really do appreciate it. I think that sometimes, um, like just being in the community, there are just some things I'm just so accustomed to hearing and knowing. And then when I switch gears and have different conversations, they're like, my friends are like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, wait, right. Different crowd. So thank you for that. Um, hilarious. It's I've never interviewed two people at once. So I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone would probably like to know who is speaking. Right. So I'm going <laughs> like, to oh, wait. I'm so used to just being me or just one other person. So uh, what I'm going to do is um, say your name first and then so you don't have to keep saying it. Um, I'll help you guys out a little bit. So. <laughs> I love we actually, we spoke on a podcast on uh, Hope Giselle's Can We Talk podcast about our experiences as Black trans men as well. And uh, I had a few of my, my people listen to it. And then when they came back, it was like five, five, five or six trans men on there, all different walks of life. And um, <laughs> they were like, I, I couldn't tell some of the voices apart. I know you because <laughs> I know your voice, but when other people started talking, I don't know, <laughs> you know, so I, that was something I was trying to be mindful of in this one, even though I know Chase and I don't really sound the same, but. <laughs> oh, that's, that's it's like, look, I don't know what's going on, but I'm glad it's happening, right? Sure. That's how I feel. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, let me help, let me help the people out. So uh, what does trans mean to you? Chase. <laughs> uh, so trans to me means walking who you are. And I say that because everyone has an identity problem all their life. And basically the ones that actually, you know, walk in who they are, they come to light and are starting to learn who they are and how they would like to socially identify um, outside of the four walls, meaning their home. And once you truly come to light with who you are and how you identify and you have a community of people that stand behind you and are supporting you all the way, then, you know, like you've really um, grown and experienced, uh, you know, that that two-spirit life, as they call, you know, trans folks, and back in the day, uh, two-spirited beings, and honestly, yeah, my bad. I think I, I kind of went around in a, in a circle with that, but to me, it means walking who you are, and if you know, you know. If you don't know, do some research, definitely, because it, it's deeper than just being trans. So, yeah, that's my response there personally being trans is something that I I really I, I embrace I'm very proud to be trans I'm glad that I wasn't assigned male at birth I don't have any desire to be the equivalent of what a cis het man looks and looks like in this society a cisgender heterosexual man um, cisgender meaning the gender identifying with the gender that you were assigned at birth um, I to me trans just it, it's it's a beautiful thing it's a nuanced experience and I'm, I'm grateful that I am who I am because I would not look at the world the way that I do if I had not had experienced life being seen as female by society for a good part of my life um and it definitely 
affects the way that that I'm way that I navigate relationships, the way that I navigate just my interactions with people, trying to be mindful of walking too fast behind women on the street now that I'm seeing as male, stuff like that, because I know what that feels like on the other end, not knowing what that guy's intentions are. So to me, I think trans is a beautiful thing that that should be embraced. I don't, you know, I, I understand why some trans people transition and want to fit in with cishet normativity, but personally, like, that's not my goal. My, you know, trans is, is, it's, love like the communities around it that I've been exposed to because of my transition I wouldn't trade it for the world thank you for that um I love the the fact that you you celebrate you celebrate where you are and how far you've come you know and I think that's such an important part in our community and I know even like for myself, like I have to, I have to let it be known. I got to let the people know I am a lesbian, you know? And I just think that alone, like that, um, that pride behind it and that celebration behind it is, is super important because it also helps and encourages others to do the same. So I definitely can relate to that. And I love the the point you brought up of, you know, you've had the experience of being a woman and being a cis woman and you know the difference like you know you are very mindful that you have those specifically said being seen as because I never identified as female even Mm -hmm. but I was seen as that because of how I presented in society Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you for that thank you for clarifying that it's just that I just love how you're able to celebrate and talk about your journey in such a unique way the next question I have, when did your trans journey begin and do you feel like it's over? Uh, so let's say my journey began uh, kind of un- unknowingly. It kind of just it started to feel different um, when I was at least seven years old. And that's when I discovered like, Uh, I wanted to do things like more boy-like, like like my, my male friends, you know, and as a little kid, so I'm just like playing with all the boys, like, cool, like, this is normal. And from that point on, it was just like, all right, I'm coming to light that I am not a boy and um, that hit different, especially when I was... It, it, it hit me as soon as I got my period. And that's when I was just like, oh, this is, this, something's not right. And I thought I was going to die. Of course, I think that's like everybody's initial kind of, you know, idea on that or thought on that. But I mean, unless their parents told them what it was. My parents never had any talks with me about virtually anything. Um, so I had to discover everything that I know about life uh, and the changes that happen when you hit puberty. So it was really awkward. Uh, and my transition is definitely not over. It's, it's never going to be over. And I mean, we're always growing and learning. So no, it will never be over. For me, it, I, like I said, I never identified as female. When I was in kindergarten, I remember 
I used to, they would separate us in the boys' line and the girls' line to uh, go to the bathroom. And they'd always put me in the girls' line and I'd always jump into the boys' line. And I'd get in trouble for this every time. And it got to a point where my cis male friends were sneaking me into the line so effectively that I'd be, I'd go in the stall, use the bathroom and be out the bathroom by the time the teachers had realized. It got to a point where they had to open up the uh, otherly able bathroom and make that a gender neutral bathroom back in 1998. <laughs> okay. Cause I was like, I'm going to pee with the dudes. Like, cause this is where I identify. And I never thought anything of it. I didn't see myself as anything other than male until I was maybe like eight or nine years old. And I saw my cis male cousin, who was like my brother, like my best friend. Um, I saw him naked. And that was the first time I saw, I realized there was a difference. Um, but I still didn't see myself as a girl. Even when I went through elementary school, I, I distinctly remember being in like third or fourth grade going backpack third grade. I was backpack shopping with my mom for the beginning of the school year. And she picked up a very uh, stereotypically feminine backpack with like flowers and pink and butterflies and all this stuff. And I looked my mom dead in her face and I was like, mom, no self-respecting boy would ever carry that backpack. At like eight years old, my mom was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it started early for me. Um, I never really, like I said, I never identified as, I tried to present as female as I got older because I got bullied because people thought I was gay. Um, I did date one guy when I was younger, but nothing ever really came of that. He had several girlfriends and I knew that. And I was like, he would be the best beard ever. Cause he ain't going to be bothered with me. He's got other women to fuck with. We good. So like, I just needed somebody to be like, no, I'm straight guys. Look, boy here. It's a picture of us together. Arm around me, like kind of shit. So, um, yeah, it, it, I never, it, I, I was always, I, I always identified the way I like I always felt this way. I didn't know what trans men were though until I was about 14 years old and I saw Buck Angel on the Tyra Banks show. Um, as far as my transition being over, medically speaking, I'm going to be on testosterone for the rest of my life. Um, am I at a point in my transition where I'm comfortable in my body and I feel like I don't necessarily have to do anything further as far as surgeries or anything like that to feel comfortable in my body? Yes. So in that sense, I guess it's over, but like the transition medically is never fully over because you, when you start hormones, you have to take those hormones for the rest of your life, just like your body would produce estrogen or testosterone naturally for the rest of your life. If you, you know, when you identify with the gender you were assigned at birth. Chase, explain transphobia and how you experienced it. Uh, transphobia it's basically just like homophobia people that have that that fear or you know they don't understand it that basically that's all it is is they don't understand trans people so they're afraid and then they usually react irrationally uh usually in the form of violence and i'm just gonna say that and um how I've experienced it, honestly, I've actually experienced it within the trans community, uh, more specifically with trans masculine folk. And 
Um, there, I had this one friend. He was just so very um, toxic, and he, he was disrespectful. Uh, and we're we don't we no longer congregate or whatever, you know. So I, I don't even know how to elaborate on that story. Um, <laughs> it was just the fact that I experienced it within our community. It it hit different. Uh, so yeah, that's how I can answer that one. Um, so transphobia shows up in interesting ways in my life because like my family is very accepting. My friends are very accepting. I didn't lose people when I came out. And, like I, not even to say I didn't lose a lot of people. I didn't lose anybody. <laughs> like everybody was supportive. Parents, grandparents, all my friends. Like so I had a very unique experience in that respect. But then at the same time, like I, uh, one time I went to uh, Vegas and I was at the D and sorry to name drop. Cause actually I love that hotel, like not trying to shade them, but one of the, one of the maintenance guys that was working there did uh, harass me in the bathroom and told me like, Oh, you can't be in the men's room. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, you can't tell me where the fuck I can and can't pee. I just went in the bathroom and locked myself in the stall. And some of the cis guys in the bathroom actually defended me. And they were like, yo, it's a fucking toilet. Is, does it even matter? Like how they present? Like it's Vegas. Maybe they just got too drunk and stumbled in. Cause I, th- I had just started testosterone. I, I still physically like presented uh, more feminine. Um, just not intentionally, like I dress masculine and all that, but just I, I look more feminine. My voice was softer, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think transphobia shows up in like more subtle ways that I don't anticipate that, that can be like really disheartening at times, like not to call anyone out specifically, but in my personal life, like friends and family members, um, that make comments without realizing the impact of their comments. Um, I've had an aunt tell me, well, it was, it was me and a close friend of mine at the house, at her house visiting. And um, we were, you know, drinking and smoking and all that and just chilling. And uh, she asked my friend, she said, Jamal, can you take the trash out? I'm asking you cause you're the only man in the house. And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> And she's like, what? And I'm like, what do you mean, what? (laughs) And I'm like, bro, I said, I'm not trying to shade you right now. I said, but I've got my own place. I've got my own car. I pay all my bills. I, I, I have a career. I was married at the time. I took care of my wife at the time. She did not work at all. Ooh, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, nah, don't put me out there like that because I ain't doing that shit. Uh, but but uh, I said, he's still living at home with his dad and his grandmother. He's still trying to get on his feet. He's still trying to get his degree. He just sold his car. He's back on the bus. What about the fact, what, what other than the fact that he was born with a dick makes him the only man in the house? I'll wait. And she said, well, I'm the auntie. So I said what I said. I said, you know what? I'm going to get the fuck out of here before I do something to my auntie that I'm going to regret. Let me go. because So it shows up in interesting ways like that. And granted, she was drunk and she apologized the next day. But I also, I still don't talk to her anymore because I'm like, that's how you really feel. You know, you still don't fully accept me. So like it, it, stuff like that is, is where it's shown up and seeing like 
the people in my life that like, you know, were loving and accepting of me, but then like have their own biases that they have not unpacked and don't fully accept me because of that, you know? I actually um, had a had a different experience in the bathroom. And uh, yeah, that that's that's so true the way you said that it shows up basically in it differently. And uh, basically I was going into the bathroom at the bar and usually I would uh, always take one of my male friends with me or, you know, one of my guys with me like, hey, bro, like I don't feel comfortable going to the bathroom by myself because, you know, the dangers of it. And they were understanding. So this time I was in a bar that I was always at. I was basically a regular. So I just decided that I'd go by myself. You know, I'm just like, I'm good. Like I'm a whole ass grown ass man. So I decided to go as soon as I was in there. This guy was on his way out and I just walked in and he was like, hey, uh, this isn't your bathroom. Uh, And I was just like, what? This ain't your bathroom. And I just kept going and he just left, luckily. (laughs) So um, it it was really interesting because once I got into the stall, I was like, damn, this could have went one of three different ways. And I'm so glad that it went this way. Like he just left me alone and he didn't come back or he didn't just like, you know, try and beat me up in the bathroom or whatever, or even worse. So yeah, that that's really true. Or the way that it shows up. And then with my family too. Yeah. I didn't even think of like touching on that just because it's, it's so unimportant to me now because I, I've grown past all the hurt that my family put me through as soon as I came out. And now if they misgender me or say my dead name, I just write it off and just like, whatever. Like I really don't even, I don't see y'all every day. I don't see y'all every year. So they, they really just, I don't care anymore. <laughs> your, um, your bathroom story reminded me one time I went to a bar out in Hollywood that I frequented a lot with my friends. And I uh, I started using the men's room before I started passing. I really didn't give a fuck. <laughs> um, but this particular bathroom, they, I knew that the lock on the door was like the lock don't work basically on the men's room because most of the, the most of the bathrooms in Hollywood and West Hollywood, if you know, you know, the stuff that goes down in those bathrooms, if it ain't fighting, it's fucking, they got to keep them, like, some of them, they keep them chained open. So, um, anyway, so I went into the bathroom, and there was a line of dudes uh, behind me. And the way this bathroom was set up, it had a toilet, and it had a urinal. And, uh, but it was, like, all one room. So, like, you know, in the men's room, dudes will go in the bathroom at the same time together, like, it's no big deal, whatever, right? So I go in, I was using a, a STP at the time. So I go in to pee and I go to the toilet because there's a guy at the urinal, right? And there was this guy behind me in line and he didn't say anything, but he was giving me this weird vibe. Um, <clears throat> I walk in, the dude that was at the urinal, he goes, he washes his hands, he walks out. And the guy that was behind me, he doesn't come in for a minute. Um... I'm getting myself situated to like use a bathroom or whatever. And uh, 
<laughs> like I said, I have my SDP, which is a standard P device. It looks like it, it, if you, without any context, you would just look at it and think that I was a cis guy using the bathroom. Like basically it looks like a penis and you just, you can urinate out of it, like all that. Right. So um, fortunately I was using that and I didn't like sit down that day because he kicked the door open. And like I said, there was a line, it was like four dudes behind him because I guess he like clocked me or whatever and um, was trying to like catch me slipping. And I just turned around and looked at him. I'm like, what the fuck, nigga, you coming in or not? And then the dudes behind him were like, bro, go in the bathroom. What the fuck? You holding up the line. So like it made him look bad, but it could have gone a totally different direction. It, like if I had just done something slightly differently, like, you know what I mean? So yeah, it, it shows up in weird ways. That's uh, and that is so insane to me. Like, it's just the things that people do are just so fucking insane to me. It's like, leave me alone. Like you said, it's not your bathroom. It's not your bathroom either. Like what? Like, what is the problem? Like you're making a problem where there doesn't have to be. And like you said, something as simple as using the bathroom could be a dangerous situation. You know, it could turn into a dangerous situation. So thank you for, um, for pointing that out and letting us know. The next question I have is, um, so what questions have annoyed you or made you angry about your identification? So either one of you can start, but just let us know some questions that are just not, just not cool to ask, you know? Do not ask me what's in my pants <laughs> I knew where this was going <laughs> do not ask that um no I don't I feel like this should not need to be elaborated on because like if if you ask me if I've had bottom surgery and I turn around and say uh sure how fat is your pussy you're gonna feel violated how big is your it's not why are you asking me about what's in my pants? I don't know you like that. If we fucking, that's different. But if we fucking, you ain't got to ask me. Like, you going to know. Like, <laughs> we going to get nasty before you, we get nasty. Trust and believe. So there's no reason for you to be violating me in the sense that you ask, what is that about? Also, trans folk do not owe you disclosure. We don't owe cis folk disclosure. When it comes down to this, this conversation around... A lot of cis people, oh, I don't date trans people. I, don't, I need to know before da, da, da. Trust and believe. If we're in a space where we're dating a cis person, we're feeling you out to see if you are a safe person to come out to. It has nothing to do with trying to hide shit. Most of the trans people that are murdered are murdered by people that, the last two trans women, Alexis Braxton and 50 Bams, were murdered by people that they knew. 50 Bams was murdered by her partner. So... You, there, it's not about we're not being killed because of disclosures we're being killed because of the stigma behind dating trans people specifically trans women but because it's a lot different when you're female present we're assigned female at birth and presenting as masculine and society accepts that differently um but to be quote unquote a man and not want to be a man you want to be that's something to be looked down upon all of a sudden um and, and so until it's safe for us to be in cis spaces and disclose, 
we're not going to disclose it. We don't owe cis people that. And I need cis people to receive that because I'm tired of having this conversation. Unless you're going to make it a safe space for us, don't expect us to disclose. There are some of us out here like Chase and I who are okay with being loud in how we live our lives and doing the work, but not everybody lives their life like that for the sake of safety. I, the majority of my trans friends live their life stealth because it's not safe. They're trying not to get sexually or physically assaulted or worse. So until it's safe for us to disclose, we don't owe disclosure. And don't don't ask that of us because we don't owe it to you. And that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb, you know? Um, church yeah. man, church man. <laughs> so... Yeah, those those questions that Aiden pointed out, those those top top for me. Uh, um, don't ask me. Uh, okay, I, it's not really a question, but then it's kind of like it, it's a statement in the form of a question. Um, I didn't know you were trans, and that shit gets on my nerves. Uh, so. Like, oh, are you taking steroids? How how long are you? No, it's not steroids, y'all. It, look it up. Google it. <laughs> what does testosterone do to the body? All you're doing is hormone replacement therapy. That's what HRT stands for. So, um, yeah, I hate it when people be like, oh, so you're going to get big? No, my body, I'm not naturally a big person. I'm not muscular. I'm literally my voice dropped i grew some i grew a lot more hair <laughs> um and really it's it's really genetic like look at your look at your family like your father per se if your father has a receding hairline best believe your hair your hairline is probably going to recede as well and people start asking like um like aiden said what's in your pants I'm like, all right, okay, why are you asking us in my pants? You didn't question when, uh, um, what's that rapper's name? Oh my gosh, that chick. You, you, what is her name, bro? I know y'all know. The, they didn't ask what was in her pants when she said she made me okay. wait. She deep throat. Like, what? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Y'all didn't y'all didn't question what was in her pants. I mean, even though I'm like listening to the song, I'm like, yeah, she do make me weak when she deep throat. But like, what is she deep throating, bro? Like, I was dying laughing when she came out with that line. But like, don't she can be... say whatever she wants to say. <laughs> no, that's that's facts. But like, nobody questioned her when she said that, right? So it's like, same rules apply with trans people. Like, don't don't do that. Um, and yeah, like a lot of uh, really sensitive questions. And like, if I don't know you like that and I, then I don't feel safe disclosing um, very detailed facts about me or just my, myself in general. Like, I don't like to get deep with people that I don't feel safe with. And people will be asking like very opening not even opening, but like just very detailed questions that you wouldn't disclose of with people that aren't in your circle. Yeah. So the next question I have is how, how do you go about navigating harmful and 
problematic conversations. And Chase, you can go first. Navigating harmful and problematic conversations. Uh, goodness, anything could start off genuine and then just like the usage of your your language like language is so important uh somebody could say something and not mean it as such but like my my brain since i'm always in you know uh i'm always on edge like okay i'm trans this person's gonna know they're gonna say something they're gonna look at me a certain way um or if I say this, they're they're gonna they're gonna think I'm trans. They're gonna know I'm trans. Like anything could start off amazing and then just take one turn. But that to me is like the power of the mind. And then also perception is important. Um, so how I navigate the harmful conversations or the problematic ones, I usually try to dodge them. I don't like to entertain the negativity. Uh, Either you're going to say what you say and then you're going to stop and listen for my response and then we're going to keep moving or you're going to say what you say and then be like, hey, that's it. And if I try to interject or respond, you're going to blatantly just like cut me off. And then that usually could lead to violence in some way, shape or form. So I try to dodge it and basically get away from it and not entertain it in that light. So yeah, that that's a whole different, like a world. And I, I stay, I try to stay away from it as, as much as possible. Yeah. Short answer. I don't, I don't navigate the horrible conversations. I, um, I used to in the beginning, I'm eight years in now. I don't, have the emotional or mental capacity to consistently do labor with people that are committed to not understanding me or my existence. I have no problem with speaking to educate people that want to learn. Hence why I'm here right now. But I also, in the same respect, I'm not going out of my way to put myself in spaces with people that I know have not done the research, not done the work, are committed to not doing the research and just want me to do the emotional labor to unpack my experiences so that they can berate and beat those experiences down. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. So. As uh black trans, as black trans men, how do you both navigate um, being seen as cis black males? Blue child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to actually, it's funny, I was going to bring that up in the last question, um, because I like that these two kind of flow into each other, because this is very, whew, yeah, heavy. So the way that I've always seen um, the being Black, being trans, identifying as male, and um, with me, I always have to consider my height, because usually... Uh, oh my gosh, it's so freaking weird. So usually um you don't really see like the you don't you don't usually see short black men. So and when you do, there there's usually something like 
I don't know. I don't, I don't even know how to word this properly, but like something like they're really good at something. Right. And with me being a short black trans man, I'm like, what am I good at? Well, I know I'm good at art. I'm dope as hell at art, you know? And cool. I, I play soccer. Cool. I'm good at soccer. So yeah, there it is. But you have to, I have this constant battle in my head whenever I leave my house. I'm just like, okay, what's going to happen today? I'm a trans man and I'm black and wait, I'm a black man. And oh my gosh, there's so much I have to fight with outside of my house. And it it, it hurts and it sucks. It's literally living in constant fear. Um, So uh, it's hard when you have the Black Lives Matter movement going and then it sucks even harder when we have to be like black trans lives matter when in general, we're just black lives. And that's, that's all this should be. We shouldn't have to create black trans lives matter. And, uh, it just hurts. Um, kind of like Chase is saying, it piggybacks on the other question. I, I don't say I don't want to say I remove myself from black <clears throat> cis male spaces, but I am mindful <clears throat> of the black cis male spaces that I put myself in. Um, I don't go to uh, black cis barbershops. I go to the barbershop I go to is a black owned barbershop that uh, is. LGBT owned and run um, and it's significantly more comfortable for me uh, that environment I've been to cishet barbershops and it like mm, no I just you know I, I'm not here for the football talk and the banter and the womanizing and the chauvinism and all that it's just I'm just trying to get my hair cut you know um, it's also like Chase said like I'm also short. I'm only five two, five one, five two, and um, it, it, it's interesting because I, also, I don't have facial hair. Chase does, so I look like I'm about fourteen or fifteen years old. And so when I'm out on the street, just like walking around or like interacting with people in general, I'm often mistaken for a teenager. And so it's interesting because if I'm in white spaces. I notice, you know, people cross the street more often or, and I'm like, I don't even look intimidating. I know I don't, I I look 12, like, come on. But then um, when I'm in black spaces, I'm almost like uh, infantilized at most, if sometimes not seen at all, because people see me as somebody that's like, you know, underage. But when I'm driving, it's the police harassment for me that that changed um I definitely was a more reckless driver and and more uh just I guess careless in how I spoke with the police officers and all that before I transitioned not saying that I was protected because I'm still black But the way I have to address them now, the way they interact with me now is totally different 
from how they I, I mean like I've had white cops come up and like flirt with me and let me off on tickets and shit and now I'm just like oh shit let me make sure that I let them know I, I somebody's waiting for me I'm on my way to my mama's house something every time I get pulled over I, that's I've got a script like I'm on my way to my mom's I just got off the phone with her she's expecting me uh I always mention that my dad is ex-LAPD certain things I mentioned that like disarms them because they come up to the, the level of aggression that they immediately have for me. And like I said, I look 15 on a good day, you know, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, that's, that's the hardest thing for me to like have to navigate, but even simple things, just the labor of having conversations with cishead black men. Like I was in the grocery store recently and this guy just started like kind of shooting the shit with me in the line. And in the middle of the conversation, he was like, Hey bro, look at that. And I'm, we in line at the grocery store. So I'm thinking like, I don't know, a sale, something about to fall over. I don't know. I'm just some random shit. And it was some, this girl walking by couldn't have been more than 18 years old. This dude had to be like 50 something years old. And she, it was just like the, and then it's like, I'm in an uncomfortable situation. Cause I'm like, that's inappropriate and predatory. But then if I say that now I'm in a situation where you're looking at me, like I'm weird. So it's, it, it, th- that's where it gets uncomfortable for me. Like where it's like trying to navigate. So I try to avoid cis head male spaces for that reason. Cause I just, I, I, I hate being put in those positions. Yo, I make them feel really weird. Like <laughs> when that happens, um, I'd be like, huh, what? And they'd be like, they repeat themselves. And then I just say, what? Huh? <laughs> and like they be they look at me again, they're just like, I just said what I said. I'm and and now you. I don't now I don't know why I said it too. And I'm just like, right. <laughs> so it yeah, that same thing. Like I, I love my barbershop. Like you, I LGBT friendly barber. Um, I, my barbershop is owned by a lesbian and her mom. And my barber is fucking dope. And yeah, I, I feel more comfortable there. I've gone to so many barbershops before, which was just um, male dominated, uh, always black, of course. And the atmosphere is so different. Like you said, they talk about football they talk about women, they, they talk about other shit, guy shit, that's fine. But it just feels different. And not not to say it's not welcoming, but it's not a place where I see myself being welcomed all the time. So, or just like, you know, asking the right questions. Because a lot of people want to ask about our transition. And they just start out asking, you know, the wrong questions. It's okay to ask questions, but it's just, you gotta, you have to have a heart behind the the question, you know, like we're humans, we're not test subjects and we're not your fetish. (laughs) And most times like people want to ask like trans women, um, harmful questions just to you know see if they're about to be sexually into them or if they want to experiment you know so and with trans men like um there's something that i heard where trans men are seen as butch lesbians and i was like what like really 
so let let's maybe ask questions like uh more intimate questions i'll say and, and by intimate i don't mean like oh like how do you like to do this in the bedroom i mean like intimate like one-on-one talk like um let's talk about astrology and get deeper there because usually when you start talking about astrology people i've noticed kind of open up or they're open to the conversation and they're like oh i never really you know cared about the zodiac and shit but like what do you know about it and then they'll start you know opening up about that and that kind of leads into some other things like oh like oh well my ex was a pisces (laughs) and this is how they treated me. And I didn't really notice that that was toxic until you just like pointed out some different things that I never paid attention to. So I guess, um, different questions and more intimate questions are important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got any examples, bro? You know, like things that people are actually genuinely um, paying attention to. So like if if it were me and somebody knows that I watch soccer and they're like, oh, so you watch soccer, but like, have you ever played um, soccer in school or like, uh, have you played any other sports? It, it kind of just like icebreaker and then opens the the floor to so many different questions. And even with the sport talk, like you can go from there, like, oh, so have you ever played, I don't know, 2K or you ever played FIFA? So then that kind of can branch out into gaming. And then once you go from gaming, then it's just like, oh, you play Call of Duty too? Uh, so you play Call of Duty, you must be an MMA fan. And then you can go from there and just be like, oh, but did you see the fight last night? And be like, oh, Mayweather whipped dude's ass or whatever. And be like, no, nah, I'm not really into that. But you know us as people, like our personal. Yeah. Issues. Yeah. So it's just like ask questions that you would your friends ask to. Everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we're people and we just want that human interaction. And we all deserve that. You know? Um, I just want to put out there that like, request emotional labor of us unless you are ready to cash app us because it's not our job to educate it's not we weren't born into the knowledge of what being trans looks like or what our transition would look like we had to go out and do the research and do the work in order to transition so to expect us to do that labor over and over again to educate because you don't want to google you can use the same resources that we use Go on YouTube. There's people that talk about their transition and their experiences all the time in detail and have no problem unpacking the questions that you want to hear the answers to. And if it's somebody that you know personally that's comfortable with talking about those things, that's different. But that's not the same thing. It's just knowing somebody that's trans and being like, hey, let me get all in your business. I do have some resources that I want to drop at the end of the episode, by the way, um, when we're done with the conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Um, But yeah, just like uh, not every trans person has the same trans experience as your friend or your ex or your your current partner and or your brother or your sister or whoever is trans that 
you know, not all trans folk live the same trans experience. Um, so yeah, that's important too, because we oftentimes like this don't come with a guide. We, we can't, (laughs) we usually can't even like Google things about, um, what we are going through, um, at certain points in our transition. And that, that sucks. Like we kind of have to go on Facebook and make a status, which is outing ourselves too. And be like, so anybody else experiencing this or I don't know what to do. This happened during my shot and I'm freaking out. Like we don't know <laughs> there's no guy like the doctor usually doesn't know or the endo doesn't usually know what's going on. Like, cause they're testing this shit out too. There's so little research on trans people in general. There's even less on trans men. And then when you get down to being black trans men, so don't be a black trans man with a skin condition that starts testosterone and you're wondering why you're having rashes or breaking out or a black trans man that's trying to carry a child. And there's no research. There's no, all you can do is reach out to people in the community. And fortunately we have people in the community that are willing to use their voice. But at the end of the day, you can't just Google a lot of this stuff. So we, we do have to use each other as a resource. We are each other's research. You know, All right. I just wanted to share a couple of uh, other resources. One of them is a program that uh, Aiden Dowling has going on uh, called Point of Pride. Uh, the website is pointofpride.org and the uh, Instagram at, I believe, is Get Plume. But they uh, just funded, they just paid for 24 Black trans folks to receive one year free gender affirming uh, hormone therapy including the consults, lab work, support letters, uh, delivery of medication, prescriptions, and even travel vouchers to and from their lab appointments. So that's dope. If anybody needs that resource, they're taking donations if anybody wants to donate. And if anybody is looking to use this as a resource, they are taking applications for people that they can help, you know, within the next year. Uh, Trans Needles is a, a HRT needle supply organization for trans folks who can't afford to access them. And uh, they've provided over 500 black trans folks in the last year with needles and with in the last year with a year worth of needles and syringes. Um, Their Venmo, if anyone wants to donate is at trans needles and their cash app is trans needles as well. Their Gmail is trans needles at gmail.com. And if anybody is like looking for their resources, it's, trans needles on Instagram and uh, you can find their website and all their links from there. And they will provide you with needles, syringes, alcohol, band-aids. And uh, when it comes to the needles, it's the drawing needles, intramuscular injection needles and the subcutaneous needles. So however you take your shots, they can help you out. Um, And then there's a strands for tears, which is just a good online database of, uh, Trans, because Chase and I were talking about this, of trans and gender non-conforming friendly barbershops and hair salons across, I think it's the U.S., but it might be worldwide. Don't quote me. But they've, they've got quite a few resources. And um, if you know of any barbershops that are like queer friendly, you can like let them know about this and they can uh, like reach out to them and get put on the website as well. Um, and then transencaffeinated.com has a lot of different resources for a lot of different needs. So if there's anything, I mean, specific that you're looking for, that's a good one to go to. Oh yeah, that's dope. 
um, like we were saying, uh, oftentimes we can't Google things that we're going through, but if you would like to educate yourself and be a true ally and just start doing the work with us, uh, you can Google Hope Giselle and she has a Google it guide and you can definitely answer some questions there uh, if you have some concerns. And my website is t- at t302i.org. You can go there. We have our resources page. Um, we also have trans needles on there. It's one of our resources as well. Uh, we also plugged Black Trans Travel Fund, which is a organization that um, provides resources and assistance financially and just for living for black trans women um, just so that they can live safer lives uh, and travel safe as well. Um, Trans Lifeline helps support basically trans lives. And we also have the Trevor Project. That is a resource for preventing suicide and helping the LGBTQ youth. So definitely go to t302i.org. And if you like the work that we did with Liz, Cash App, Aiden and I, uh, my Cash App is Chase Ives. Child, I don't even know mine. Hold on. I think it's uh, that guy, Aiden T. <laughs> you better come on. What is your Cash App? <laughs> I was not ready. I was like, wait, the shameless plug. Hold up, hold up. Wait, you know, yes, yes. My Cash App is that guy, Aiden. T-H-A-T-G-U-Y-A-D-E-N. There's no I in Aiden. Thank you. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me spell mine out too. Chase Ives. Uh, that's Chase like the bank. C-H-A-S-E-I-V-E-S. Like Ives. Thank you. Thank you. Um, definitely job, you know, like I said, support those cash apps. You know, share whatever you can. Share those resources. And, you know, support, support the work that we're all doing. I want to thank you both for being on with me today, for being on my podcast. Before I go, is there anything else you would like to add? Yes, I would love to thank you for allowing us to use our voices and and speak on our experiences and on behalf of our community. Hopefully this opens up some doors to where you can get like some non-binary folks or like some trans women, you know, to to come and speak on their experiences as well and hopefully bridge some gaps. I, I love this. I love what you're doing. Like, I know you were saying that you were like a little on the fence when you first started. I'm just really glad that you're doing what you're doing because you're very good at it. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'm like, I'm saying I'm here. I am the people's lesbian for a reason. And I am definitely trying to bring this community together in any way that I can. I love you. Hey. Yes, you're so dope. Thank you again. Like, this was an amazing experience. Thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode. If you would like to be on Community Corner, I can be reached a few ways. I am on Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok at Lizzie underscore Lesbiana. And I'm also on Twitter at The People's Lesbian. And I'm also on Patreon at The People's Lesbian. So that's all I have for this week. Again, thank you. 
and you will hear from me all soon. Bye.